0: Tonight, as a major Category 4 hurricane with 130 mile per hour plus winds sustained, tropical storm warnings ending to the west of us, but also including the lower Jefferson, Terrebonne, and Lafourche parishes. Heavy rain bands coming in this afternoon, tonight, and through early tomorrow. Flash flood watches up. Some of the rain bands could contain isolated tornadoes as they move through, producing strong wind gusts up to tropical storm force in some cases, especially to the west and south of us. A storm surge warning continues in effect at landfall from Morgan City to the mouth of the river 4 to 6 feet. From the mouth of the Mississippi River to Ocean Springs, 3 to 5 foot storm surge expected. Lake Pontchartrain, and Lake Maripa both also have storm surge expectations of 2 to 4 feet on the northern and western shores of those lakes. Otherwise sustained breezes will be 15 to 20 and then stronger gusts within some of the in and out rain bands that'll be coming through
1: care restaurant and supply has reopened for you to come in and shop care has all the wipes gloves and sanitizing supplies that you may need and face masks they have a great selection of takeout containers too call billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room home cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools too hours are eight to four weekdays right now Buy local, our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294-4815 Conti Street. If you haven't been to the Brick Oven Cafe in Kenner, you're overdue. This is not northern Italian gourmet food. It's a basic soul-satisfying pasta with red sauce and cheese bubbling over. New York-style pizza with a perfect crust and the toppings you love. It has a fresh update and a new wine list with some exciting wines. Go have a heartwarming Italian meal with a delicious red wine. You deserve it. The Brick Oven Cafe, Williams Boulevard at Veterans Highway, 466-2097. Bistro Orleans, it's back with its familiar classic New Orleans cuisine in a casual setting serving only Louisiana oysters and always wild-caught des Alman's catfish. And the seafood boat, Carnival Time Lounge, has happy hour Wednesday through Friday. Bistro Orleans is open daily for lunch at 11, dinner Wednesday through Sunday. Bistro Orleans, 3216 West Esplanade in Metairie, 304-1469. Care Restaurant and Supply has reopened for you to come in and shop. Care has all the wipes, gloves, and sanitizing supplies that you may need and face masks. They have a great selection of takeout containers, too. Call Billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room. Home cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools too. Hours are 8 to 4 weekdays right now. Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294-4815 Conti Street. If you haven't been to the Brick Oven Cafe in Kenner, you're overdue. This is not northern Italian gourmet food. It's a basic soul-satisfying pasta with red sauce and cheese bubbling over. New York-style pizza with a perfect crust and the toppings you love. It has a fresh update and a new wine list with some exciting wines. Go have a heartwarming Italian meal with a delicious red wine. You deserve it. The Brick Oven Cafe, Williams Boulevard at Veterans Highway, four six six two zero nine seven.
2: Unfortunately,
3: we have nothing over here.
2: But that happens once in a while. And- well,
3: it's been happening quite a lot. Hi, folks. It's the food
2: show. Most of the time, it's been working pretty well, really. Yeah.
3: Anyway, we're just sitting here. I'm just sitting here staring at my computer waiting for it to mm-hmm. load um, for us to be able to do the show. But it's, um, it, it hasn't happened yet. It was here just about 15 minutes ago, and now it's mm-hmm. gone. It's peculiar. It's, uh, it seems to be this time of day for some odd reason. I don't know. But anyway, we had the Internet guy in yesterday for an hour. And when he left, he assured us that everything was fine. But um, I just wonder, I wonder what's going on here. Anyway, uh, okay, we're, that's gonna, that's we're going to funny. just go ahead and talk to you on the phone. So who, if you would who, like to call us, who saw we have uh, Henry very competently going to be um, shuffling all of these calls. Or right, but, like, <laughs> yeah. I would say it like we got a lot of calls. We don't even get a lot of calls, so it's okay. <sighs> okay, so we made it through the hurricane. And um, that's all behind us well, now. We have Nicole Dornack know. on at 3 o'clock. I know and... you can say that just yet. Okay.
2: But uh, we, sit, we do have a lot to say. Uh-huh. So, uh, hi, Marianne. Hi, Tom. And here <laughs> we are. Is uh, that okay with you?
3: I wonder if I could call your hurricane thing a syndrome. A maybe syndrome? I could call it the hurricane syndrome. You want to call me a swindrome?
2: Uh, yeah. That's all right with me. I, I don't know what it means on your side, but uh,
3: Yeah.
2: I can work with uh, some of it.
3: Yeah. Anyway, if you would like to talk to us about food, we're here to do that uh, with you. And uh, like I said, we have Nicole Dorgnack on, who's going to tell us a little bit about – it's it's sort of – after the fact, but I mean, we're still well into hurricane season and actually Saturday, two days from now is uh, 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 the 15th anniversary of Katrina. So we know that um, it is is still prime hurricane season. I remember Hurricane Betsy, I think, was that on the 5th of September? So we're we're nowhere near done with hurricanes. But um, I asked her to please tell us what goes on at the grocery store at hurricane time, because she told me, I think it was Tuesday, maybe Monday or Tuesday, Mm -hmm. that they were absolutely swamped at the store as people started to make their, quote, preparations. So as we started the grocery thing, it had to do with the way COVID has affected people and their grocery shopping habits. And it's kind of funny because the hurricane thing is really just an extension of what's been going on for six months now. So the whole purpose of us having her on was to talk about things that go on at the grocery store. So today, in today's segment of um, The Grocery Goddess at 3 o'clock, we're going to ask Nicole about the things that people do for hurricanes and what sort of Nicole things from- they have, Nicole Dorgnack. and what sort of runs on whatever it is that they have at the store at this time of year. Five five six nine six nine six 9696 is the number if you would like to talk to us. We can still do that with you. It just sounds a little bit different. Well, Today
2: is... done, but, uh, that's all right. We can make our way one way of the way. Half
3: of it, anyhow. Today is National pot de Creme Day. Pot de Creme. One of my favorite things in the entire world. Think so? Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, sure a I chocolate no pot de Creme, not a vanilla pot de Creme. I don't even know why they call that pot de Creme. But anyway, it's... Um, I mean, I guess you could have a vanilla one, but I've always... I've always seen it as a chocolate and, um, and it is, it's magnificent is the word for it. At my 60th birthday party, we had a, uh, beautiful cake that Mary Lee did, but she also did about, I don't know, 50 little, she had little jars that she put pot de creme in and she made, she made 50 pot de cremes and, um, And I ate probably half of them (laughs) by myself. But anyway, today is National Pot de Creme Day. If you like that, uh, have yourself one. They're not that easy to find. No, Um, no, they're not that easy to find. What do you have to look
2: for when you're on the look?
3: Well, I mean, you do see it as a dessert in finer restaurants. Mm -hmm. You will see it. But usually it's kind of a special dessert. It's not likely that you would see... A creme as a regular item on a dessert menu—I've never seen that. But but if it's a if it's a menu that comes out day to day, I mean you could see it that way. It's not you just don't see them that often. Anyway, uh, the what? thing that keeps coming to me,
2: the uh, uh is uh, this new place out in the farthest uh, beaches. Uh, Can I
3: finish my creme? Oh, well, Before it, you launch into something? Okay,
2: go ahead. I had something to add.
3: The, about pot de creme? Was it about pot de creme? Yeah. Oh,
2: good. Good. What they do is, I think, a, a very nice uh, version of, of doing that. Uh-huh. It's, when it hits the plate, it's so thin, yet so much a, a hot, not a hot, hot of like... Uh, is this the uh, creme
3: brulee that you had at Chifunca's the other night? Is that what you're talking about, the creme brulee that you had at your functus? No,
2: nah, um, if I look, if I reach over and take a look at this, Go ahead. I guarantee you that will break.
3: Okay, so, uh, so a de creme is okay, almost identical thin, to a caramel custard, very sharp it's for two thin, details. Thin, and if what? Creme brulee, Tom. Creme brulee is what you're talking about. That, that, yeah. That, that, so that, so that, you're talking about the creme brulee at that, your functus. Brulee. Yeah. That's
2: right. Okay. And uh, getting there on the on the web, and then uh, it's uh, a little harder than. Usual, but not enough to worry about it. And if you like that kind of thing, I think you'll really go for this. It's crackly.
3: Yes, creme brulee. Tom is talking about creme brulee. (laughs) Okay, second, instead of being removed from the – it's usually flavored most commonly with chocolate. Instead of being removed from the cup in which it's baked, it's served right in that cup, the pot of the French name – photo creme have only lately become common in New Orleans restaurants particularly those with a French accent to their food yeah it's really rare to see them it's uh, I never pass one up when I see it but I don't see it that often we're gonna take a break and we'll be back right after these messages five five six nine six nine six.
4: The New Orleans Ice Cream Company offers a true taste of New Orleans in every bite. This is ultra-premium ice cream whose flavors are inspired by everything we love to eat in New Orleans. 12 specialty flavors like Cafe Olay and Beignets, Bananas Foster, Creole Cream Cheese, Ponchatoula Strawberry, Coffee and Chicory, and Chocolate City. Remember that? Don't miss the Po' Boy Ice Cream Sandwich New Orleans Ice Cream at stores all around town. See all our products at NewOrleansIceCream.com
1: There's a new restaurant in the warehouse district offering the fresh and fun flavors of the Caribbean and delicious tastes of New Orleans. NOLA K features the best of both regions with dishes like tuna ceviche, red curry shrimp, freshly shucked oysters, cumin spice strip steak, and desserts like caramel flan, tres leches, and key lime pie, and signature cocktails like the Bloody Jerk using their house-made mix. NOLA K, 898 Baronne at St. Joseph, nolak.com. Night and day, you are the one.
3: Yes, indeed. You are the one. Tom Fitzmaurice here and Marianne Fitzmaurice talking about food. Food show reboot's been on for about, I don't know, five months now. And uh, the food show from its origins has been 32 years. We've and been longer than that, even. And I've been on it for 15 months, so there's all different uh, versions of the food show that you've probably been familiar with. Tom, you know what else is a, a big date today? Tell me. It is the day that Toll House Cookies got trademarked. To- Toll
2: House Cookies, these are uh, they're typically ma- made in a kind of very uh, commercial sort of sense, If I if I'm, unless I'm wrong.
3: So which one is it? It's the Toll House cookie. It's uh, yeah. Nestle's Toll House cookie, which is the recipe on the yellow bag of chocolate chips.
2: Mm-hmm. And you like them?
3: You know, I used to. I mean, I don't know. I haven't had, I haven't had a Toll House cookie in a long time. I know that I used to love them. But hey. Good afternoon. Oh, we have Ron. Ron. Hey, how are you and all doing? Let's hop in. Hey. Well,
2: hello
5: to him. It would <laughs> be
3: better if the internet worked, but that's mm-hmm. kind of a problem. So, anyway, well, go ahead. Short
5: speed bump. Everything's good. Uh, good afternoon. I was going to call in and uh, tell you about a Cuban sandwich I made last night.
3: Oh, love Cuban. Cubano. Cubano. Yeah. All right, let's hear it. How'd you do it? Yeah.
5: Well, I had a bunch of grilled meat left over. I had some grilled pork sausage that had been smoked, I had some turkey. I had some smoked ham, a couple of cheeses, and uh, a little bit of salsa and uh, some cumin and some chili powder, some salt, some pepper, some tomato, and a couple other things. And I was looking at a loaf of bread because when I went to go make my uh, sandwiches, I went to the store a block away, and all they had was bread. They didn't have the buns that they usually do. So I had a couple of friends coming over, so I made a couple of these two-foot-long Cuban sandwiches. Anyway, uh, they were tremendous. It was really good. And then I took a brick from outside, wrapped it in tin foil, and brought it in. And I kind of put that right on top of the sandwich, and then put the sandwich in the oven for a few minutes. And boy, it came out great. <laughs>
3: I think <laughs> those pressed Cuban sandwiches are great. Do you? Uh, you don't have a griddle or anything to make like a press sandwich? And uh, I would think sandwich? I'm surprised to hear that you I don't. don't uh, uh, I do. So. Uh, I saw one that you came do. up in a, okay. in a book.
2: Uh, or not a book, a, a sheet
5: about uh, a
2: week ago.
3: Why didn't you use that?
5: Why didn't I? Um, use- I did. I did use the griddle. I put the griddle on the stove top. I put the sandwich on top of some aluminum foil, and then I put that. And then I took. I went outside and got the brick. I could have used a, a cast iron pot to on the top to do the smashing, but I like yeah. the brick because it's heavier. And when I put the sandwich in the oven on top of the griddle. Okay. I put the brick on top, so I'm heating the brick up on top of the sandwich. And that way when you pull the sandwich out, it's flat. I I I describe a Cuban sandwich as a thin sandwich with just bursting with flavor.
3: I think that first of all, I love pickles. I love
2: Yeah, a lot of people do. Like I that. love
3: basic dill pickles. Not so much a fan of everybody's homemade pickles, although I did have some really good ones today. But um, I love just basic dill pickles, and that with the mustard really makes the flavor of a Cubano. It's delicious, really delicious. And if you have yeah. good smoked pork, it's, it's really hard to beat that flavor.
2: We had a funny uh, sandwich a couple of days ago that put some of the filling into the sandwich, uh, making everything kind of hung together. And it was from a, a little business. It's hard to put my finger on it.
3: Bands Grocery, you're talking about? B-A-N-D, band. B-A-N-D.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little old uh, Cape uh, let's see, what do we It got? was the
3: old Greyhound bus station.
2: Yeah, and they have gravy, you can get a roast beef for boy, and it's like maybe another ten other things. And uh, it, it has the feeling of being into an old uh, Greyhound's truck uh, and just going around the city. No, like something out of another
5: era.
3: Yep, it definitely was something out of another era. Yeah. Uh, is, what kind of ham do you use for your uh, Cubano? Hmm?
5: Uh, this Run. is a very, very thinly sliced deli ham that comes sliced from the store. And it's smoked a little bit, so it works out great. The other thing that I put on sandwiches that I didn't put on this sandwich because I didn't want the the wasabi coming through I make a wasabi mayonnaise, and I keep that in the refrigerator for sandwiches. If you go to the store, you can see these little tubes of wasabi, and then you just grab some mayonnaise and mix that together and make a wasabi mayo. You have to kind of figure out how much wasabi you want in it, because my wasabi is also, it's hot. It says hot on there. So if you just figure out how hot do you want it, how much wasabi, how much mayo, and then just keep that in a jar. That way, when you're making a sandwich, uh, you just pull that out and put it right on. That adds a bunch of flavor.
3: Do you use that as mayo, or do you use that just when you want a spicy mayo? I mean, is that is that your go to mayo?
5: Um, it all depends. I use regular mayonnaise. I actually make my own mayonnaise from scratch, and then I have the wasabi mayo. And uh, I'm just you know you know me. I'm all I'm all about sauces. All I think I think family. the sauce completes the meal.
3: Yeah. Well, it definitely does. We had some – there was a – we just – I picked up – I had to go across the lake uh, in the rain this morning, and um, I came back, and on the way home – I stopped at Junior's on Harrison. Junior's, show me that
2: because that, I've heard of that, but I don't think I've ever run into it. Well, anyway. you had
3: you had the fried catfish plate lunch from Junior's today, and I had a spicy chicken sandwich. Both of which, and I think the 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 sauce might have been the same base. But it was a, it was like a salmon-colored, really spicy, really delicious sauce. I mean, a mayo can really make the difference in whatever it is that you're doing. And, and
5: sure. Okay, I have a question for Tom when he's ready.
3: Okay, Tom, are you right, ready? Tom. Marianne
5: said that you had a catfish. Uh, you had catfish for lunch today. Knowing how much you love it, how was your lunch?
2: Wait, run that by me again. How was lunch? You had, today? Lunch,
5: you had catfish lunch. for lunch. How okay. was it? I was about to say that I was a, but really I was
2: about to your little sandwich with the, uh, with the. Uh, we'll say it. The, <laughs> the, the uh,
5: anyway. How was the,
3: your lunch the, today,
2: Tom? Peanut the, <laughs> well, uh, the well, this was uh, was uh, where, where are we are where we.
3: How was your lunch from juniors today? Oh, oh yeah, that was on a scale
2: that, of one to ten. Old, yeah, that was a nice little thing, and what uh, fell in my lap was a, a really uh, uh, assortment of things that uh, I thought were pretty good. Uh, one of them was crispy on the outside, almost like uh, being a, a, like a chicken or like it chicken, was but it had been cornmeal crushed, crust a garlic uh, sauce, and it was uh, pretty nice, and I would eat that just about any time, although they need to get the uh, bus out of the.
3: Was a so cornmeal crusted fried catfish with corn muck in a really, thank you, in a really spicy sauce over a mound of mashed potatoes. Yeah, we'll see it again. It was a nice plate of food. That's their plate lunch. You know everybody's doing plate lunches right now? No, tell me. That's their version.
5: Marianne, I'm going to email you a picture of this sandwich, and one of the things that you're going to notice is that it has my tasty french fries on it as well.
3: Your tasty French fries, are these the ones that are oven roasted?
5: No, I make these from scratch. I, fry, I deep fry them, not deep fry, but I, deep I pan back. fry okay. them real quick in a wok. And then I add some okay. garlic powder, some okay. salt, and some pepper, well, and I then a touch of butter.
3: Yes, you've talked You'll about You'll see those on the sandwich, but I'll email okay. that to you. Sounds good. Okay, thank you, Ron.
5: Great show, guys. Thanks.
3: Bye. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. We are talking about food as we always yeah, do in a peculiar sort of way, though. I'm just sitting here holding the phone in my hand as I'm looking at my computer screen, which says loading, loading. as it has been saying for the last ten minutes. So, <laughs> is this the whole process? Of- it's funny. You get someone over to fix something, and you think it's fixed, and then it's not even as good as it was before it got fixed. Five five six nine six nine six. I am about ready to call in someone I know who jerry-rigs internet Jerry Riggs. service. Yes. Okay. Yes. What do we do with uh, Jerry? Well, we have a peculiar problem here. We have. So, we live in the country. Let's see if we can figure it out. We live in the country, and yeah, cable cable does not come. To our area because in order to get cable if you live in the country you have to get a collection of signatures for them to wire the cable and and this has been a program that's been going on since our children were little and they're just a little shy of signatures so um, the thing that we're told that we should have here to make this work is fiber but there is no fiber and so we learned that the cable only runs to the highway, and we live on the wrong side of the highway for cable. So we are about three blocks from cable. <laughs> so now now we're left with um, this peculiar choice of, of trying to get someone that I know to come in and see if he can do whatever it is that he does to make magic happen for people who live in rural areas like us. It's a strange thing. It's, you know, we've been doing the show for months and all of a sudden the last week, this has been like a chronic problem and it's, it's, it's peculiar. That's all there is to say. And, and I'm looking at the, at the screen and in yellow, it says something is not right. You think? So uh,
2: we, we've certainly noticed that from our investigation.
3: Yes, but but it's not yielded enough to, to solve the problem. So back to the Toll House cookies. Today, in 1940, the Nestle company registered a trademark for Toll House cookies, the original chocolate chip cookie. They rolled out the chocolate. They rolled out the chocolate uh, chip in a few months or a few months earlier and uh, saw that it would be a huge new product for them. The cookies were invented at a a 1709 vintage... um, It was like a lady's house, is what it was. A vintage inn, an actual toll-collecting point on the road from Boston to New Bedford, Massachusetts. In the 1930s, Ruth Wakefield, who owned the inn with her husband, made a batch of cookies with chunks of chocolate in them. They were so popular that Nestle made a deal with her they could have the recipe and she would send all the chocolate chips she'd need, should have all, oh my gosh, it's another one of those things, She'd have all the chocolate chips she needed for the rest of her life. After a while, to save people the trouble of chopping chocolate bars, they created the the familiar uh, chocolate chips. So here's another one of those poor people who had something really great, and then someone who knew how to market it came in and took it for virtually nothing Somehow or another, I think that the money that Nestle's has made off of the Toll House cookie recipe and the chocolate chip somehow pales in comparison to, <laughs> to the lifetime of uh, supply of chocolate chips that Mrs. Wakefield um, earned from giving them the recipe. Stuff like that irks me, I have to say. Well, give Eric a call and see what he or she can do it for you. Anyway, five five six nine six nine six. We have Nicole Dorgnack coming up at the top of the hour to tell us about Hurricane shopping in a food store.
2: What uh, he or she was doing before that?
3: Nicole? Well, the one you... The shopper? Mentioned. The Toll House cookie people? Okay. Be specific. What are you talking about? Well... I was
2: hitting somebody who's completely a different person than what just came here. But, uh,
3: uh, Tom, you like Crawfish Monica? Yeah. Crawfish Monica. We'll talk a little bit about Crawfish Monica when we return from the break. But Crawfish Monica turns up in your almanac today as well. And, um, and we will tell you why after the, after the bottom of the hour news break. 5569696 is the number we'll be right back after the news from
6: Louisiana Radio Network Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Brooke Thorrington. Hurricane Laura is now a tropical storm, but when she made landfall at 1 a.m. in Cameron, she was a Category 4 hurricane with maximum sustained winds of 150 miles per hour. Lake Charles took a direct hit as they sustained winds of at least 100 miles per hour. Calcasieu Police Jury President Tony Guillory says he's never seen or felt wind speeds that he's experienced when Laura barreled through Lake Charles.
5: Well, when the eye came over, it wasn't bad, but when the surrounding bands came through, That was the horrible part. When the bands came through, it was was pushing uh, 130-mile-an-hour winds, so that was not the good part.
6: At least four fatalities have been reported in Louisiana as a result of Hurricane Laura. A 14-year-old girl in Leesville died when the fierce winds knocked down a tree on her home. Vernon Parish Sheriff Sam Craft says hundreds of trees are down so it took a while before his deputies could arrive at the scene.
5: A tree fell on the house. The family was able to get to her. My people are just, they've been there now for a while, but they had to walk their way in and in and around and through. could not drive to the residence.
6: LRN. Tiger Rag. Let's go! Protecting the American
4: people. Coronavirus is highly contained. Can still be contained. Let me start off by saying 2019
7: was an incredible year for the Tigers.
8: 2020, however...
4: the crazy part, ladies and gentlemen. Even without sports, for the last few months,
8: we here at Tiger Rag magazine have been telling the stories behind LSU athletics, and it's been filling our pages with can't-miss content. Now we're looking forward to filling Tiger Stadium this fall. I
5: have never had
6: anything but a good time. But
8: we gotta keep that coronavirus under control. The spread of coronavirus is a serious matter. We're all in this together. The sports
7: world is constantly moving and constantly changing, and Tiger Rag keeps you updated at the newsstands and on the web at Tiger
4: the internet worldwide when it comes to lsu
0: athletics tiger rag magazine is the mvp most valuable publication i'm standing in a cage with five
1: full-grown tigers in line
8: catch the stories you need to know with the real tiger king online at tigerrag.com
1: when you're awake the things you think come from the dreams you dream thought has wings and lots of things are oh, seldom <laughs> what they seem oh. Kind of, kind of a methyl feel to it. So, been around for about a
2: week. Uh,
3: a, while. A, week. a while, a while. Right, said Tom, you liked your, you liked your fried catfish from uh, Juniors on Harrison. Yeah, it
2: had nice taste uh, of some crunchy quality in the center. And uh, there was some garlic in it, in the front and in the back again.
3: It had some little chunks of meat, too. I don't know yeah. if that was tasso. It wasn't spicy enough for tasso, but it, it was kind bad. of like but, a chunky ham. It wasn't
2: too bad, though. I, I, I,
3: it was a good plate of food. That was really, yeah. really nice. The anyway. first
2: uh, 12 uh, uh, versions that I'm doing, I am doing was doing that day, when we were t- first talking about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it put a lot of things in my hand, but... Uh, you know that here we are.
3: I uh, also got from Juniors. I got a spicy chicken sandwich called Gales. G A I L S. I don't know who Gale is, but Gales is the premium ice cream that is owned by the people from Juniors. Also, they have a window on whatever the cross street is uh, by. Um, Trying to think of what that cross street is. Right by St. Dom- uh, it's the street St. Dominic's and Juniors is right in the block, and it's the uh, it's one of the side streets. But anyway, they have a window right out of the side of the building, and you can buy ice cream at the window. And then that's where I picked up the food that we had. It came right through the kitchen into the little ice cream hole in the wall. Literally, that's what it is. And so we had three different kinds of ice cream that we got. Also, well, that sounds pretty good to me. I,
9: um, I a
3: you're... we got a vanilla and a chocolate crunch, which was our chocolate cookie crunch, which was chocolate ice cream. It had Oreo crunch in it, and it had um, it had chips Ahoy. So it was like a whole bunch of chopped up cookies inside this chocolate ice cream. We haven't tried any of the ice creams yet. But I had Gail's chicken sandwich. It was a spicy chicken sandwich. It had that same sort of salmon-colored cream sauce on it, and uh, it was really tasty. It was a nice piece of chicken. It was not the kind that hangs off both sides of pounded-out chicken breast, where you have as much of the chicken hanging out of the bun as you do on the bun. It was a great bun. I don't know what kind of buns they use there. Round, square? It was puffy. It was uh, sesame seed loaded on top, which I always love sesame seed buns. But I don't know who's baking them. Maybe they're doing it themselves. But it was definitely a cut above the usual bun product out there. It was dressed with lettuce, tomato, homemade pickles. And Junior's does uh, fresh-cut fries, and apparently they have, like, a whole fries menu. We could have gotten them with garlic. We could have gotten them with Parmesan. We could have gotten them with truffle uh, or all three, but I just chose the plain fries to come with it. So those are the two things that I brought home from my very, very, like, 15-minute trip across the lake to the other house to meet up with an air conditioner guy. <laughs> We have we have so many we have so many technical problems. We have plumbing problems, air conditioning problems, internet problems. Anyway, five five six nine six nine six. I almost have to have a social secretary to schedule all the service people in our lives right now. We're talking about Saint Monica before actually Crawfish Monica. Mm-hmm. Uh, the patron saint of homemakers is Saint Monica. She's remembered as the mother of Saint Augustine, but she's a patron saint of homemakers also on her own. She's also a patron saint of alcoholics. <laughs> is there a connection, maybe? Augustine was one of those in the young days, and so was Monica. Uh, Monica, in a roundabout way, is also the namesake of crawfish in a spicy cream sauce over pasta called Crawfish Monica. But the truth of the matter is Crawfish Monica is not named for... I don't don't know if Monica is named for St. Monica, but Crawfish Monica is named for Monica. I
2: know Monica pretty... I know you do. I know. Intimately or anything like that. Monica
3: Davidson, yeah.
2: But she and her husband are longtime friends of mine Mm -hmm. working in uh, the business. And uh, what they uh, often did was come to two together uh, ideas. And uh, and they wound up uh, doing something with crawfish that was very...
3: They did it uh, at, the, at the Jazz Fest, right? It was at the Jazz Fest?
2: That's yeah, one of the places it started, right around that time. But it, I think it,
3: that was their dish that they
2: served at the Jazz yeah, Fest. I They're actually
3: caterers. That. Weren't they caterers? What was and, the name of the, their catering beyond company? Beyond that,
2: they were uh, beyond... Uh, they were in the uh yeah food service business what was fit, their what was their name something uh arena. I know I said oh i
3: i guess <clears throat> I, I don't remember his name, I want to say Pete maybe, but anyway Great um people. but they had a place on uh in Elmwood it, it probably is Close. still there unless they got out of the business but um yeah, they, they, they trademarked they did get out of the business they trademarked um Crawfish Monica. I think that they provided a lot of the sauces for restaurants around yeah, town. I'm that, not going to say which ones, that, but anyway, you don't have to they,
2: so many. Of yeah, them they
3: provided areas. the sauces for a lot of places. They did. A, they had a commissary in um, in Elmwood. Anyway, I don't know how it started the phenom of Crawfish Monica, but they, I think, took that recipe and that cream sauce. This is in the days when, you know, pasta was getting, you know, the semolina days 30 years ago when pasta was getting to be um, a beautiful thing in its own right. And it had gone from being macaroni to pasta. And at that jazz fest somewhere back in there, they did Crawfish Monica and it became a phenom and that's when they trademarked it, and now no one knows how to make Monica sauce. Yeah, I think they've made Period. The end. That. Yeah. Anyway, you said that you had a recipe that you made from just thinking of how they made it. What would that be? It um, seems like a pretty simple thing to me. I don't know uh,
2: what that is. I, bring
3: I mean, I don't know. I, I've never tried to duplicate um, crawfish Monica sauce from taste, because I've only had it a couple of times. It's definitely good. Oh, very But, right. I mean, I would crawfish just put onions and bell peppers and celery, the Trinity, in a pan with some butter and some cream and then uh, crawfish tails. I mean, how much, how much more difficult does it have to be than that? Just enough. I don't know. It's, uh, it seems pretty simple to me.
2: It, well, again, I tell you, it is just enough.
3: Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you would like to talk to us, we oh, you know what, folks? You know what? I think that our internet is thinking of loading.
8: Really? Yes.
3: Never know. <laughs> We've been sitting here for forty minutes waiting for it to get up the desire to do it, and it's loading like pixel by pixel. So we paid a lot more money for it to go faster, and in fact, it's going slower. So now I have the thing that says connect. Should I connect? Should I uh, connect? I'm going to do it. I'm uh, going to press this button and see what happens. Let's see. does
2: not seem like all that big a deal to me. What 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 is exit? Now it of?
3: it did it did connect. Okay, we're going to go ahead and take a break, and uh, I don't think it's going to load that fast, Henry. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. Five yeah, five six nine, six nine six nine six.
4: The New Orleans Ice Cream Company offers a true taste of New Orleans in every bite. This is ultra-premium ice cream whose flavors are inspired by everything we love to eat in New Orleans. 12 specialty flavors like Cafe Olay and Beignets, Bananas Foster, Creole Cream Cheese, Ponchatoula Strawberry, Coffee and Chicory, and Chocolate City. Remember that. Don't miss the Po' Boy Ice Cream Sandwich. New Orleans Ice Cream at stores all around town. See all our products at neworleansicecream.com.
1: There's a new restaurant in the Warehouse District offering the fresh and fun flavors of the Caribbean and delicious tastes of New Orleans. Nola K features the best of both regions with dishes like tuna ceviche, red curry shrimp, freshly shucked oysters, cumin spice strip steak, and desserts like caramel flan, tres leches, and key lime pie. And signature cocktails like the Bloody Jerk using their house-made mix. Nola K, 898 Barone, at St. Joseph, nolak.com. I remember the day when someone at the radio station brought me a bottle of Cousins salad dressing. It was made by a young couple in small batches, and it was delicious. I was proud to have them sponsor my show just as I am now, but the line has expanded since then to include an olive oil, an herb vinaigrette, fresh salsa, and blue cheese, as well as an original Creole tomato, a delicious dressing that also makes a great quick dip. Cousins Salad Dressings in the produce section at your favorite store, cousinsproducts.com. You make me feel so young.
3: All right. So, Henry, I'm going to ask you to find some dramatic music. Or, well, we can't do trumpets because we can use trumpets for, for Nicole when she gets on. But I'm going to give you a cue when it's time to press the final button and see if we can get ourselves back on the air. And, and so when I tell you, I'm pressing the button, you can play some very dramatic music to see what happens.
10: Sounds
3: good. All right. Anyway, so we're talking about Crawfish Monica, and that's really all there is to say about that. I love Crawfish Monica. I think absolutely everyone who's ever had it loves Crawfish Monica, which is why they were able to trademark the name and keep it so secret but the reason we got onto that is that today is the feast day of St. Monica. Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six. Tom, do you know who, of course you know who Man Ray is. Man Ray had something, you have something funny, your words to eat by in your almanac from Man Ray. He's a photographer from in the 19th century, and he said, which a lot of people would echo, I think, all critics should be assassinated. What? That's what you have. That's what you have down here. I guess he didn't like it if people commented negatively about his work. Uh, that would be my guess. Today is also uh, Banana Lovers Day. We were talking about that a couple of times. Yeah, days, I guess. So. so, Tom, I'm wondering if maybe these aren't all connected because Banana Split Day was was, or maybe Banana Lovers Day has something to do with Banana Split Day. I don't know which came first. But uh, I'm curious as to how many banana lovers there are out there. I uh, think there are a lot of them. I don't know
2: if I put all of my money
3: on it. I, I'm sure there are not as many banana lovers as there are bacon lovers. I mean, who doesn't love bacon? Bacon. But, yes. but I, I, for example, bacon do bananas. not like bananas. So I think, that, I think that there are probably less banana lovers than there are bacon lovers. Do you like plantains? is your edible diction. Plantains is your edible dictionary word of the day. Do you know? Uh, did you do you like plantains? Uh, You're seeing plantains, a lot more of them now. Plantains. Yes. is that' what you said. Plantains. You're but, seeing but a lot more of those know. now. But uh, these
2: things are they look almost exactly like bananas, but really they are not particularly sweet at all. They're used as a vegetable, and you kind of cook them like a vegetable. They're
3: like uh, just a starch, can, aren't they? Huh? They're like just a starch, aren't they? Yeah,
2: it, you can play with it quite a lot and get other things going. So uh, they're, they're they're
3: like a they're like a root, but they're not a root.
2: That's the Plantain right. well, grows they're on actually like
3: a banana. They're right? a little
2: bit like it, but they're, but
3: but they're used kind of like potato chips,
2: aren't they? They can be because they're starchy and they're not sweet, especially.
3: Well, you right? know, I used to I used to ignore plantains like totally ignore plantains. And then when Johnny Sanchez arrived on the scene, um, they served with their queso and salsa and guacamole and everything. They served a basket of chips and of fried plantains. And you had those two things in equal parts. We used to go to Johnny Sanchez a lot because... um, our daughter lived in that building.
4: and oh, yeah, um, wait,
3: wait. No, this was three years ago. Anyway, so we went there, and it was sort of a go-to restaurant. It was right downstairs. And uh, I watched as, as the plantains began to be much more prevalent in the basket than the chips. And then we would always ask for chips rather than plantains. But I kind of got used to eating plantains. I kind of got used to eating fried plantains. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, if you're eating something like guacamole or hummus or uh, salsa, any of those kinds of things, it's really about the thing rather than the dipper. Oh, that doesn't apply to vegetables, does it? Does I anyone actually no prefer eating cucumbers and carrots with hummus?
2: If you are uh, working for a a restaurant that had in its uh, parts inside, if they're sweet, if they're starchy, uh, it depends a lot on which way it goes. And then you have to choose where you're going to ride it. If
3: we had a caller right now, I'd ask him to take a vote on this. Yeah. I have a black screen up here, and I have the link that's just loading and loading and loading and loading. Here's how my new beefed-up Internet is working, folks. So it's just rolling around, loading, 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 and I don't know that it's ever going to load, so I'm contemplating clicking off and starting again, which will be like the fourth time I've done that. But it did get as far this time as it's gotten at all today. So I'm kind of reluctant to let it go. I mean, we're almost at the top of the hour anyway. So I think I'm I think I'm going to let it go and start again and see what happens. It's a thrilling, isn't it? Well, it can be. Uh, <laughs> but uh,
2: then again, on certain hours, you can be going it's a little farther. Pretty
3: bizarre. And pretty then, bizarre. Uh,
2: then you make up it.
3: All right, so I'm going to read your Edible Dictionary word today. Plantain, any of the many Plantain. edible varieties of bananas that do not become sweet enough. To eat raw mm-hmm. that 's what a plantain is, but i don 't think it 's really a banana tom I think it 's a separate thing isn 't it? Oh it definitely is yeah so they're cooked they 're starchy component makers for a good side vegetable. plantains are the most commonly found in his, are most commonly found in Hispanic cooking, although they are I, I would say that 's more like Latin American cooking are widespread around the world in Africa plantains are processed to make a mashed potato-looking dish called fufu. Although cassava root is more commonly used for that. They also make uh, a meat flour of plantains used for making flat cakes and dumplings. The funny thing about plantains is that even though they are so closely related to bananas that you could say they are bananas, they, all, they have almost none of the distinctive flavor profiles. Well, that's for sure. There's nothing in my mind that reminds me of a banana about a plantain. Does anybody else actually like plantains, or do you just put up with plantains?
2: You, could, you, you have to play with them a little bit, but they're. Uh, once you get something going, it. it uh, you like plantains.
0: Okay. I love plantains. Well, like oh plantains? goodness!
10: With okay. Cuban food, cool. a little Cuban sandwich and plantains. Oh, you can't yeah. beat it.
3: Okay, so Henry, tell me where you like Cuban sandwiches. I mean, Ron sounds pretty good, but have you gotten a good Cubano around lately?
10: Well, uh, I have to admit, I, I was over, uh, I was on vacation, California. and I got one yeah. down there in yeah. LA from this place called Versailles, like the Versailles Palace in France. Oh, I am telling where, you, Marianne. Where was it? Uh, there's a couple, but this one was over off of, uh, over in Hollywood uh, somewhere. I can't exactly remember where. Um, but oh my goodness, Marianne! It was one of the best meals I've had in my life. I genuinely be, uh, believe that. At Versailles. To be true. At so it Versailles.
3: West Hollywood or Hollywood?
10: Uh, West Hollywood, I believe. Okay.
3: All right.
10: Really, I would highly recommend it. Black beans, plantains, pulled pork, and rice. Oh, you can't beat it.
3: Okay, so was it was it Latin American or was it Mexican?
10: It was Cuban food, so definitely very oh, distinctly Cuban. Cuban.
3: Okay. Cuban. Okay. All right. I'm going to have to check it out. And it's called Versailles. That's a strange name for a Cuban restaurant.
10: Very strange, but good.
3: <laughs> and so you said there's several locations on it?
10: I I think there's three locations. I think they're all in Los Angeles.
3: Okay. Is this one of those, uh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. You'll never guess what just happened. Oh, no. <laughs> It's been loaded, although, wait, I'm not sure. Just the top part is loaded. I'm not sure that we're actually going to be seeing here. Let's see. Let's see. It doesn't – it's still loading. Oh, us too. Okay, Henry, click us off. Click us off.
6: Click us off.
3: All right. We're on. Hmm? We're actually on the show.
10: There you go. We're
3: on. There you go. Um, hmm? You can talk in your mic for real now, Tom.
2: I have no idea where Tom. you're coming from here. You Tom just... has
3: been the whole time. Uh, I've been holding the phone to his mouth, but he's been talking into his mic. So, Tom, now when you talk in the mic, it's actually working.
10: We'll be back. Bye.
3: It was so titillating to think that we're actually going to do the show the regular way. But alas, it was not to be. It was just brief. It was taunting me. The clean feed was taunting me. Anyway, we were talking about Cuban sandwiches and plantains and crawfish monica. And if you're not just completely uh, gobsmacked by the absurdity of this and would like to participate in the show as in talk to us, we can talk to you. We're just on the phone talking to you, so it would be great if you would give us a call. We would like to talk to you. We will be talking to Nicole Dorgnack, who I know hasn't bailed on us, and she will be talking to us about what happens at hurricane time in the grocery store, and that is mm-hmm. a grocery store of grocery stores, so I am sure it is packed in there. Well, I care because I think it's kind of interesting. The way people look at the news and they get really worked up about hurricanes and then they feel compelled to go start gathering things. I mean, that's kind of like the old, the old way of doing it. I don't know if they're still doing it so much anymore. I mean, she's been in the grocery business for a long time and I think it would be kind of interesting to hear her take on trends of things that used to be, uh, scooped from the shelves and things that are currently scooped from the shelves if there's much difference in you know 10 or 15 years ago and now because i mean in two days it's the it's the 15th anniversary of hurricane katrina this is a a day that is burned in our memory because our life changed so very dramatically and um and it has mm-hmm. never been the same as that's true for a lot of people, but not in the same way, probably.
2: Mm-hmm. So I'm mean,
3: your deaf Dining Rule number 815 today. 815? Yep. Writing 15 do you writing that down? Uh, I'm just saying what it is. is. You're a deaf Dining Rule number 815, it's not a myth. Bananas whose skins are thoroughly specified, uh, not specified, but speckled with black spots are the most delicious bananas. Those black spots, though, are, are bananas that are ripening, right?
2: Yeah, but it's something that you should have been doing, but you didn't.
3: So a banana that is yellow and its skin is hot oh. and it is blemish-free is still a ripe banana, mm-hmm. but there's a subtle difference between a banana that is just ripening, which kind of gives you cramps, for mm-hmm. me anyway, uh, it gets me. And then the, you know what? So and then I a like banana that. that is totally ripe. And then bananas that get really soft and start getting the black spots, it's when they're getting overripe. We used to do banana bread here, and we would let bananas sit on the counter and watch the varying stages of blackness set in. And then I would say to myself, "I've really got to make that banana bread today." And then a lot of times it would just wait until the fruit flies overtook and then I have to throw the whole thing out. But banana bread is really good if yeah, you get around to making it. It's a
2: funny uh, vegetable, and wherever it turns it's up in my life,
3: I almost always get it. Now this is interesting. It's a fruit. A fruit. It's yeah. a fruit, More but it,
2: there's, but there's no seed in it. You could go either way. With there's that.
3: no seed in a banana, so why is it considered a fruit?
2: Because uh, it's sweet, but is. I mean, but it was, uh, I guess it's one of
3: those exceptions to the rule.
2: States, it looks like uh, it came from the Caribbean, which is something people Yeah, know. And uh, it, generally speaking, pulls together and posits itself into the kind of place it wants to be. Does
3: anyone have a banana tree in their yard from which they get... Bananas? I know that you do get bananas here. The
2: only place I saw that was in the courtyard at Brennan's on Royal Street. Not the old Royan's. This is the the, the one that's been that's around. the same
3: one on Royal. Well, not anymore. It's not. Well, it's a different... Brennan's Restaurant, but it's still Brennan. It's the same place. It hasn't moved.
2: Well, there are different people, different menu, different everything.
3: Yeah, but the banana place. trees would be the same, Tom.
2: But it wouldn't be the food, same food.
3: Well, of course not, no. But, I mean, yep. if the banana trees are in the yard, yep. in the courtyard, they've been there probably for a couple of hundred years. Hmm, and so probably not, but it's a good thing to think about. And you've seen bananas on those trees? I have not, I but, know that there are people who have banana trees that I are yielding in bananas. Fact, I
2: remember one day it was Ralph. Uh, wait a minute, it wasn't Ralph. Right? It was the youngest of the Teddy, 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 mm-hmm. Teddy, and I, uh, and somebody else. I don't remember who. We uh, were out in the courtyard. We were talking about the courtyard and how great they looked and uh, how things have changed. And uh, we came to pretty pretty
3: set. Uh, did you pick any bananas? Oh, yeah. You we, picked bananas we, that day? Oh, yeah. All, all you have to do is did they use them? grab it. Do they use them for, like, Bananas Foster? For what? They didn't use their bananas from the courtyard for Bananas Foster, did they?
2: You could make Bananas what but this... Did you
4: actually drink. eat one?
2: The deal, you have to keep realizing this, that this is not a fruit. This is... A vegetable.
3: Bananas are the a bananas, vegetable?
2: The, so they two are. They I was about
3: to say. Yeah, I was about to say because it doesn't have a seed, which is the, is the, the identifying characteristic of a fruit, right?
2: That's what I uh, would imagine that was the first time I saw it, but it turns out that that's, it's, it's totally different from that.
3: Okay, wait, are we talking plantains or bananas?
2: What?
3: Are we talking plantains or bananas?
2: Bananas right now. I okay. And, we and you're saying
3: stores. that there was a banana tree in Brennan's courtyard. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. Okay. That's just go back there. Okay. And unless something's going on, as it was um, about two weeks ago for us, we were there and uh, closed.
3: It well Yeah. That's, I don't know what's going no, on. No, no, no. It's, it's open cool. today. They're open today, actually. Yeah. As a matter of fact, in no menu newsletter, there is uh, they've added. They've added Thursdays to their open days. So, you um, know, I mean, that, that might have something that might be changed based on the weather, but um, but as of COVID world, they've changed yeah. their hours and added Thursdays, which was in the newsletter I'm yesterday. Sure to to yeah. Anyway, long time. It's more as Mary is here.
0: Hi. Hi. Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> When we come back after yeah. the top of the hour news, we have the grocery goddess Nicole Gregnat calling in to tell us about the usual things. She's got some wonderful news of something she got in, but it's already gone. And, uh, but she's getting some more. So we will talk about all of those things with her when we come back. Top of the hour news time, 3 o'clock, WTSR, New Orleans.
8: This is Michael Savage. Join me in the Savage Nation right here on 990 AM WGSO in New Orleans. Give me 15 minutes and I'll give you the real America. Savage.
7: ...being kept up to date on damages from Hurricane Laura, which has been downgraded to a tropical storm. The president continues...
2: We'll probably be going on Saturday or Sunday
5: and we'll be heading to Texas and Louisiana and maybe an additional step.
7: After two nights of protests starting out peaceful and turning to rioting and looting, Kenosha, Wisconsin Police Chief Daniel McInnes says Wednesday night's protests were an improvement, but there were still a few arrests made.
8: We thank those yesterday who peacefully protested and obeyed the curfew. Unfortunately, not everybody did so. The sheriff spoke that it was a, a uh, less
7: tumultuous night, and I would agree. USA Radio News. The director of the Centers for Disease Control is issuing new guidance for coronavirus testing days after a quiet change sparked protests from some in the scientific and medical communities. In a statement, Director Robert Redfield says those who come in contact with confirmed or probable COVID-19 patients could be tested themselves even if they do not show symptoms of the virus the cdc revising its testing guidelines earlier this week limiting to those who show symptoms redfield said the guidelines issued on monday had been coordinated with the white house coronavirus task force firefighters are making headway on some of the wildfires in california As we hear from USA Radio Network's Chris Barnes.
1: California firefighters making progress in their battle against wildfires as tens of thousands continue to evacuate. Over 700 fires have started in the state in the past two weeks, and seven people have
7: died in the fires. USA Radio News.
0: While you have free time and you're sitting at home and you ponder what kind of gifts to buy for
1: someone, PatriotDepot.com has you covered from puzzles, games, novelty items. If you're looking for some unique style items when it comes to the president, for more you can check out PatriotDepot.com, call 844-377-8052. That's 844-377-8052 or PatriotDepot.com. Use promo code USA.
7: Going a little bit more in depth on one of our top stories, as one of the strongest hurricanes to reach the United States shores was now downgraded to a tropical storm, the storm definitely did damage. Laura packing winds of 150 miles an hour when it made landfall last night. Jordan Smith is part of the nonprofit group, the Cajun Army. What they do is go out and assist people who chose to ride out the storm. He joins Fox News and says there's a lot of people who don't evacuate
5: especially the people on the coastal areas that flood first. Um, you know, those
0: people. Dangerous Hurricane Laura still headed for the Louisiana-Texas border landfalling tonight as a major Category 4 hurricane with 130 mile per hour plus winds sustained. Tropical storm warnings ending to the west of us, but also including the lower Jefferson, Terrebonne, and Lafourche parishes. Heavy rain bands coming in this afternoon tonight and early tomorrow. Flash flood watches up. Some of the rain bands could contain isolated tornadoes as they move through, producing strong wind gusts up to tropical storm force in some cases, especially to the west and south of us. A storm surge warning continues in effect at landfall from Morgan City to the mouth of the river 4 to 6 feet. From the mouth of the Mississippi River to Ocean Springs, 3 to 5 foot storm surge expected. Lake Pontchartrain, and Lake Maripa both also have storm surge expectations of 2 to 4 feet on the northern and western shores of those lakes. Otherwise sustained breezes will be 15
2: to 20 and then we might be back and it's great to be back here it's on the food show i'm tom Fitzmorris, and uh, here with me is marianne hi hi nice to hear from you i think we might be a little low on this and whoever's uh listening to it back there but um we keep trying and,
3: uh... We do keep trying. Yeah, well... You By keep... golly, we'll just keep trying. Hey, Nicole. Nicole Dorignac, the grocery goddess, is here yeah. with us today. Oh. I feel so humble. Hey, I, I how you feel, doing? I feel so bad to have a goddess on the phone when we're doing the show on the phone. Oh, that's
11: it's fine. Just... It's all good. <laughs> as long as you get to do the show, that's what, that's what matters.
3: Yes, I, I guess. All right. So, uh... Tell, tell them your big news, though, because you got something in that was big, 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 and then it went out the okay. door right away. No. Oh, the liver cheese.
11: Yes,
2: the we liver cheese
3: that. made the it. Liver in.
2: cheese, <laughs> liver cheese on hoghead cheese. Yeah. Oh, what was that?
3: What? That, oh, that was the one at Time Saver, right? The liver That's and hog came from the Time <laughs> Saver. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I we, have, that. we have triangle sandwiches of liver cheese and hogshead cheese. Not, oh, not yet, but we
11: might have to start doing some.
3: I think you I might forgot about that variety. Yeah. Like I mean, if you chicken sold chicken out salad, of beautiful. how much liver
11: cheese, how much did you sell out of right away? Well, we got uh, like nine little, they come in little three-pound blocks. And ah. I guess because people don't buy a lot of it, so they sell it in a smaller portion. And we got 27 pounds of it, and we sold out of it in like a day, and the next by the next morning by eleven thirty it was all gone. So.
3: okay, so I so, I think the side,
11: <laughs> they
3: have pretty That's- sandwiches. They have um, they it, they have the triangle sandwiches like Mrs. Drake's. Only theirs are pretty. So I yeah, never, I didn't good. think that they were still doing those sandwiches, but they have a whole bunch of them. Anyway, that's what you ought to do. Maybe do a triangle sandwich of liver cheese. Yeah, and I'll, have,
11: hot to, I'll cheese. have to tell them to add one of those because that would probably sell.
3: Yeah, um, I would
11: imagine. So yeah. did,
3: did the liver cheese come back in, or are you
11: waiting yeah. for it? No, oh. no, we have we have some on hand. It got in. Let's see, that was on. Thursday, no, came in Thursday, Saturday, Sunday morning. We were out. We had it back in by Tuesday. And then we upped the order to make sure we don't run out again. I might have to break down and
3: try some of that. I haven't, I don't know that I've
11: ever had liver cheese, but I'm curious about it. It's, yeah, you have to try it. You have to at least try it once, just like you tell the kids. Try it once. If you don't like it, you don't have to eat it again.
3: <laughs> I never did tell my kids that because I didn't like it when I had to do it. I had to eat cabbage every day. Not every day. Every week on whatever day it was. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I had to keep trying it. And I kept trying to make the point to my mother, okay, I've tried it. I'm telling you I hate yeah. it. If I try it next week, I'm still going to hate
11: it. Why do yeah, I, have I had to keep that- trying it? Yeah. yeah, I had a problem that. with milk. I didn't like oh, milk.
4: <gasps> yeah, ooh. You, and
11: I still don't like milk. Day. Oh, I can't stand milk. <laughs> I really, ooh, no. I, I kind of wish I would wake up day, one day like that because I I drink way too much milk. Way to know, yeah. One summer I sat at a table with a glass of milk and my dad wouldn't let me go out and play. It was the milk wars of the 70s because he was oh, determined I was going to drink it, and finally he just gave up. He said, my head was harder than his. <laughs> well, did you try, it was, did you put chocolate? Did he try putting
3: chocolate in I it or tried something like that? Tried, I tried,
11: And when I was little, little, I liked Bosco. Remember Bosco? But then yeah. when I hit about six, five or six years old, I just didn't like it anymore. It was just wow. texture. I don't know. I just, mm. and I've tried it again over the years, and I just... Don't like it, so it is what it is.
3: <laughs> There's a product that um, I found at Fresh Market. You might carry it yourself. It's um, it's a chocolate milk. It's a Belgian chocolate milk. Mm. And I'm gonna have to think of the name of it, or go see the name of it, because it's really good. I'll have to, we'll have to give you. I'll try liver cheese, and I'll give that to you to try.
11: All right, sounds like a deal. Sounds
3: like a deal. All right, so tell us. <laughs> So tell us what happened over the week with the people coming in to clear the shelves for the hurricane and how has that okay. changed over the years?
11: Well, I guess, I mean, I guess it's not really changed so much, but definitely the volume I think is different. Cause I mean, everybody always buys a lot of water and, you know, paper cups and all that stuff and deli meat, but I don't think, I think they bought more this year even over last year and other years, because there's no rush. It's not open. The city's not open, so there's like a double panic. Like, what if the store doesn't have it and we can't go eat it here, so we got to make sure we have it. But, I mean, water, obviously a lot. Deli meat, the deli stayed packed all day, Friday evening, Saturday all day, and Sunday. I mean, it was – and I guess you can throw that in the ice chest if you lose power – You know, I was about to say that
3: doesn't even make all that much sense because if you lose power,
11: then that's something that has to be refrigerated. So, no, what doesn't make sense is all the meat and the chicken. Like, so that's where I think there's a level of COVID panic, too, like added to the (laughs) hurricane because Uh it just seemed like that all over again. Like, I remember thinking in the beginning Uh of that in March, like, this is like a hurricane, but not really. Because it's full uh-huh. baskets and and it still seemed like full baskets, and I w- and propane tanks. Oh my lord, we ran out of propane tanks. It usually takes us a few months to exchange them in and out. So maybe uh-huh. the logic was cook the meat. You know, if you have to, if we freeze it, we can defrost it in the ice chest for a couple of days, and then cook it on propane. Like it's a true like survival. I think people, are, it really triggers people into survival mode and so you know, the panic, Katrina panic comes back with every hurricane. I really That's see it. that that people really do, you know, hurricanes really. And then the news gets it all crazy. Um, and uh, yeah. Margaret Floyd was shut down for two.
3: Unsurvivable. And I'm just like, oh
11: god. Yeah. Okay, I mean, uh, and it barely even rained. So thank goodness, you know, I know <laughs> some areas were damaged, but thank goodness we were there. Well, got a solution. Uh, yeah,
2: let's yeah, and the
3: bakery let's
2: stop for the, the moment, solution, Mom? and do something else.
3: Okay, so the wait. She's going to talk about bakery now, but oh. we have a few minutes before oh. the break. So, so the bake. Do people do a run on bakery for that?
11: Oh yeah, donuts. The donut cases. You know, usually we have a few little ones. Le- you know, left. And I mean, the donut case was cleared by eleven thirty on Saturday morning. Sunday morning. I know they did a little more, and that was. Uh-huh. clear. I mean, it was it. It was busy. It, it was, yeah, and bread. We had three different, we had bread brought in a couple of extra times, and we ran out of bread. You know, it, it was, and I think. We okay, I, know, like I know that
3: I'm weird. I already know that I'm weird. I already know that this house is incredibly weird. But I don't think, I don't think I've ever done that. I remember when I was a kid, you know, when you, when you went to mm-hmm. do the batteries and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Are people okay. still
11: doing that? Yeah, battery flashlight, You know, okay, and then, They do. yeah, yeah. Well, because you, if you lose power, you need light, and not every, you know, what, some people don't like candles because they worry about burning their house down in the dark. So well, people do like generators.
3: Seems like now.
11: Well, not everybody. I don't have one yet.
3: <laughs> well, and we okay, lose so power maybe it's sometimes. Only can, the rural people have generators. So I don't know because everybody I know has a generator, but I don't have one. But but that's yeah. you to just go out and eat.
11: You know?
3: Right. We well, never, never bothered.
11: That, that's where I think it's a double down kind of thing, because we are still in the midst of all this other pandemonium that, mm-hmm. so people are, you know, you kind of, you know, it's like any kind of event triggers, like, you know, psychologically, you trigger into something else. So I do think it was a little more panicky than normal. Like I said, yeah, well, it
3: felt more, than more than than like March. A anyway, not,
11: you know? yeah, felt more like March rather than last August if that makes Mm sense. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. So um, do you have everything back in the store now? I mean, how has the COVID supply line been further depleted by the hurricane?
11: Well, because, you know, we still have the regular shorts that were harder. You know, it seems like the, the meat supplies are getting more adequate where they're stocked up and we didn't really have anything that we didn't not get back in. Not bacon what uh-huh. they call smoked meats, like the bacons and the hams and all that sausage and stuff. Some of that is a little limited. Not the sausages, but some bacons. Certain bacons are limited and I'm not sure exactly which ones. Catfish is pretty hard right now. And I'm not sure. I guess that's people just I guess they buy a lot of catfish and freeze it. Um and then the Some of the paper products, like the meat trays and gloves and some plastic containers so people may notice containers changing on stuff again, that stuff's changing. And then, like, I don't know, some people probably notice that the stores that do printed bags, the manufacturers can't keep up with the demand of the actual bags themselves that they're telling our supplier that that's why they can't get them printed. They just got to get them printed. No kidding. No, that's what they're saying, that they just can't keep up with the demand. So, um... So is it's that because kind of, you people think have it's,
3: just, they're doing that much more grocery shopping?
11: I think so. I do. Yep. Wow. It is, I mean, yeah. There's not, I mean, there's wow. nothing, there's still nothing really open, and some people are still cautious about going out, I believe, you know? Yeah. You only go certain yeah. places. You might, you know, yeah. some places you may have gone before, no matter what, and there's like that second thought, you know? So... I don't know. Um, Rotel is back in, though. The people who love the Rotel tomatoes, that seems to be uh, back in good. But the canned soups now, all that was kind of starting to come look like it was not leveling off, but I was seeing a little trickle back in there um, with the aluminum, and now people buying a bunch of stuff for the hurricane. But then that's going to be just this area because they didn't have hurricanes everywhere. Right. So it's not going to be as drastic as, like, if it was another whole COVID situation. Yeah.
3: But still, you know, I'm sure that I'm sure that the the COVID situation, then exacerbated by the hurricane, has yeah. made local grocery shopping uh, a a little bit more. I mean, it used to be where you just you never thought about this stuff, you know. You would no, you, it, it was it was just always there, you know. And it it's I not know. anymore. And I I, right. I just wonder, I wonder if we're ever going to go back to a time now where it's it's just something you don't even have to think about. It's, it's kind of a creepy uh-huh. thought. Anyway, all right, hang yeah. on, Nicole. We will be back with Nicole Dorignac, the grocery goddess, to talk more about behind the scenes in the grocery world in this new COVID era that we're in. And, of course, now the hurricane. So we'll be back, Five five six nine six nine six.
1: I remember the day when someone at the radio station brought me a bottle of Cousin's salad dressing. It was made by a young couple in small batches, and it was delicious. I was proud to have them sponsor my show just as I am now, but the line has expanded since then to include an olive oil, an herb vinaigrette, fresh salsa, and blue cheese, as well as an original Creole tomato. A delicious dressing that also makes a great quick dip. Cousins Salad Dressings, in the produce section at your favorite store, CousinsProducts.com. I've loved the Maple Street Cafe from the first time I walked into the place. Jamil Kutob turns out well-executed dishes that hint of the Mediterranean, but with a real New Orleans spirit. The grilled fish here is particularly excellent, but I have never had anything I didn't love. Call 314 for their daily specials, which are exceptionally good and an exceptional value. Maple Street Cafe, 7623 Maple Street, Uptown. Have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke pure pork sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavors like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. I get Misty just holding your hand.
3: Yes, indeed. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you would like to talk to Nicole Dorgnack about liver cheese or anything like that, give us a call. She would love to chat and maybe send you some, I don't know, stuff. Maybe hurricane supplies in her swag bag. All right, so the Is there anything new that is a surprise that is now kind of faltering? Yes. To me, Gatorade.
11: (laughs) People who drink Gatorade, there's going to be a problem with Gatorade. That's going to be a hit and miss item. Why? I don't know why yet. We just got the alert. So, um, and I think it's... uh, It's all everything goes back to manufacturing. It seems like, but I don't know if it's the plant getting like how we saw plastic containers somewhere. Maybe they're having a problem getting the not the supply of bottles because they do a bunch of different sizes. How many just Gatorade? I think it may depend on where they're pulling their plastics from. You know how they have different like Uh hubs all over. Um, Uh I mean the the bag guy. When I was talking to my paper bag guy today. He was telling me, like, an order is, like, 12 weeks out on bags. I mean, you can get it <gasps> from China quicker than that, but he stays stateside, obviously. So, right. um, so yeah, so just getting what you need oh. to put your things in. Like, so there's, you know, there's going to be a plastic, you know, even if the, there's aluminum right now, there's going to be a plastic shortage before it's over because everything goes in plastic, too, you know? Well, now that's going to be, be
3: interesting because... um because if you're not supposed to be using – I mean, people who had encouraged, like the the Trader Joe's out there and the uh, Whole Foods out there, you're not supposed to be reusing things either. So, you know, if you right. can't use – if you can't get paper or plastic, then, you know, I guess everybody could go to what Sam's does, which is just – find a couple of boxes on the floor and put your stuff in there. I don't know. It's going to be interesting.
11: That's, that's surprising. I just got a text from one of my guys, and 19 Gatorade raid items were cut today.
4: <gasps>
11: oh, wow. So yeah, so that, I mean, you, they have a whole bunch of, uh, you know, vari- not varieties, but different types, you know, like the green and the orange traditional and then the G2 and, you know, the blue one and, you know, so I guess it's like everything else, production. You can only produce what you have the people for and the containers to put it again. Distilled water is cut again now, too, and distilled water, I'm getting that text, is important because people use that in oxygen machines, nebulizers. Uh uh, you know, so distilled water is something that was out for a while right after COVID, and I guess now with everyone just buying a whole bunch of water, for a hurricane or to stock up for their machine Um because oh, uh, I know you have to use distilled wow. water and that. So it's just oh. you know it's just gonna be a never ending domino vicious circle. But with well oh, I, I hope I hope it ends at some point, but I, I honestly don't know that I think that it will. I, I it's like a different world now. I think. I don't know. I hope I'm wrong. Well they're saying shortages likely to continue so to me that's positive because it's not saying will be discontinued by so mm-hmm. the shortages means that hope that's to me that's positive that they're going to they see build up coming uh-huh. It's just not uh-huh. yet but some new yeah, items
3: but what's sustained you know uh-huh. like okay so there's build up but then is it going to go back down at some point
11: you know well, yeah. well right like we is it stop having... back
3: up to normal you know
11: right right well I mean, I, don't I don't
3: know. know what normal is, I can barely remember, remember <laughs> what, what normal was. Yeah, what is normal? I know. I mean, that's that's kind of the big question right now. So um, your your circle of foods that you're getting in, because that's something that's definitely new in COVID world, and nobody wants that to go away. Everybody likes that idea. So your restaurateurs in right. your circle, do you have any new mm-hmm. ones?
11: Or what's your stock like in your circle? Mm well its it's still the same ones because with this hurricane this week, the people I needed to reach out to I didn't really get a chance to because I was running around the store, helping keep water on the floor uh-huh. and food in the grab and go, and you know <laughs> yeah, so it was pretty uh it was like pretty hectic, so I actually just found the two numbers I need to call, and then I'm actually going to have a meeting with someone next week, so hopefully Thursday next week, I'll have at least one new to a night, restaurant in the circle. Okay, but do you have yeah. it
3: in the circle we have Cafe Men. Yeah, have, have two Cafe Men.
11: Two ta- right, go ahead. You want to say them? No, that's uh, I, I'm, 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 I'm out after that. Go ahead. Okay, Tony Mandina's. We have the turtle soup and the seafood manicotti. Oh, that's right. Um, that's Sook- Sookie Chase's vet- vegetarian, a vegetarian version of their mixed greens and the corn pudding that they serve and also stewed okra and tomatoes. From from Dookie Chase, and then that's it. So, um okay. Yeah. Tony Mandina's Cafe, Men, Dookie Chase, and two Tonys right now. I bet you
3: the I bet you uh, the turtle soup at Tony Mandina's is a hot one because it's it, real turtle soup, which is you it. Know, I think it
11: fine. is. Yep. Yeah. It is. I, we we can barely keep it in. So we can bar- you yeah, we get it in. Well, she she brings it once a week for us and. It's uh yeah, by the time. Well, I was doing a certain amount and then I had to double my order because so many people love it, so I'm happy for her. And really with all of it, it's been like that. So Well you yeah, there's it comes there, in and goes out.
3: I would say there's specialties of New Orleans, but I mean in the case of Cafe Men that's just good good uh i mean that's a, a long standing vietnamese restaurant but i mean the turtle soup is just a classic you know so, right it, is. Uh, it I, is i could see people you see people who who like the liver cheese as just forever and ever are, are would go for something like that the classic new, new orleans, orleans dish a well made classic new orleans dish okay so um you said you're getting text, so you get this information from your people on the floor or from people that are out of the the, uh, store and
11: your suppliers and your supply chain or who's, you know, everything early on, like the, like with the blue bunny ice cream and the canned vegetables that all comes from, I I have one of the suppliers that gives me a lot of that information or they actually Mm send it to our buyers and then I get them, give it to me so they can keep them up to date. And then mm-hmm. the Gatorade, the 19 outs on the Gatorade and the distilled water just came from one of the uh, buyers that work at the store because, um, you know, I had, email, you know, messaged him earlier asking about it. So, But, like, from one of the suppliers, we got a email about breadcrumbs. So there's a short, you know, there's been a shortage on breadcrumbs, and that's due to people buying more bread. There's not as much. Sale available bread for people to purchase from the I guess like the some beans and the big bread companies that have stale bread that must be where some of the bread companies get the bread crumb companies oh. get their bread to make uh-huh. bread crumbs so that's why bread crumbs have been hard so it's, it's they usually have to buy the now they have to buy the fresh bread and let it sale rather than getting it sale already
3: I don't want to think of this stuff like this.
11: You know, it's like
3: it's like it used to be you walk into a store, you get it, you don't think about it.
11: Now you have to think
3: about where everything's coming from, whether or not they'll be able to get it up the line. I mean, I, I just, right. I've never thought about how breadcrumbs come to me. They just come, and now they right. don't just come anymore. You have to think about where they're coming from. I mean, I had no idea that somewhere down the breadcrumbs supply chain, you know, mm-hmm. there's not
11: enough stale bread. Yeah. It starts, yeah, and then the container that it may go in. They may get the stale bread again, and then they're going to have a problem with the plastic top for the container or the paper container because, like, Progresso comes in that, like, you know, coated and Vigo, too. They're like cardboard and paper containers. So, and then have a little aluminum around the rim on one of them. So, if there's an alu- you know, it does, I had someone pick me up because she happened to be at the warehouse place, pick me up two big rolls of, Aluminum foil, because I can't live without aluminum foil, and I kept forgetting to grab it. So Uh I happened to be at Sam's, and I'm like, just grab me two of those big things, you know, the two-pack. The the big wrap, yeah. Uh Not that big, huge, heavy thing that you need, like, a truck (laughs) to bring it in. Just the two big rolls of heavy-duty. It's like a two-pack spring wrap. I'm like, Uh just grab me some foil, because I was on my last piece. So um, Because you don't realize how important. But aluminum pans, like those little... Disposable pans that people use for catering and glow.
3: Oh, I'll tell you what, if anyone wants those, I'm going to start selling them on, on uh, I I will start selling them at the New Orleans menu. We have enough of those to last uh, a year. I mean, well, I've they, got a <laughs> stash of those. What
11: They may be good bartering uh, goods <laughs> in <the> Armageddon. <laughs> For later for later yeah. I have I, mean, I have stale bread to make breadcrumbs and you've got the pans to bake whatever in it so we'll get together and we'll barter with bread, stale bread in the okay. pans <laughs> yeah it's like it may come to that I don't
3: even want to think of it but it, it may actually come to that anyway we do have we have so many of those things. I used to run short of them at Thanksgiving time, but, I mean, I don't know what Thanksgiving's going to be like going forward, but I tell you what, I've got enough for the next 10 Thanksgivings. All right, Nicole, right. I thank you for yes. putting up with this nonsense telephone uh, conversation, but, um, but we're at the bottom of the hour now, so we have to bid you adieu. All
11: right. I will talk to you one all next week.
3: Days, one of these days we're going to get to the, uh, to the, the mom throwdown.
11: The throw down. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm ready when you are. Okay. All right.
3: All right. Bye, Tom. Y'all take care. Bye. Thank you. All right. That is Nicole Dorignac, the grocery goddess. It's Tom from the bottom of the hour news, Louisiana Radio Network.
6: Louisiana Radio Network. I'm Brooke Thorrington. Governor Edwards says the state is lucky to have avoided the worst-case scenarios projected for Hurricane Laura just 24 hours ago. Up to 20 feet of storm surge was predicted. Edwards says at most we got 12. And the surge did not push into Lake Charles as was expected. Despite this, he says at least four lives have been lost.
2: There are still thousands and thousands of families whose lives are not right-side up today, either because their businesses have been destroyed, their homes have been damaged, they may be in a shelter.
6: One of those fatalities happened near Iota in Acadia Parish. Sheriff K.P. Gibson says a 68-year-old man died when a tree fell on his home. Gibson doesn't believe Acadia Parish suffered the type of damage seen in Calcasieu and Vernon, but it could take a while before power is restored.
5: Practically every road uh, and every secondary road has uh, down trees, uh, so our, our getting to and fro is very, very limited.
6: LRN.
8: This is Trace Atkins for Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. You know your Louisiana Farm Bureau membership gives you access to the best insurance on the planet, but it can also save you hundreds when you buy a car. On vacation, your Louisiana Farm Bureau membership gets you discounts on hotels and rental cars, and it makes you part of a group that's 143,000 families strong. So go to LAFarmBureau.org or call your parish Farm Bureau office to become a member. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. Who wants to talk football? Take your game to the next level with the name you need to know for all things LSU sports. Tiger Rag. Find Tiger Rag on air, online, and on newsstands today. Tiger Rag Magazine is where sports fans across the Bayou State have turned for all things LSU for 40 years. 40 years. Covering every touchdown, every home run, and every arrest. Well, that's unfortunate. Tiger Rag Magazine and TigerRag.com. This is Lenny Minutillo, chef
1: owner of the Happy Italian Pizzeria in Harahan, home of the original meat sauce pizza and sesame-crusted muffalata calzone. The Happy Italian is serving our new full menu. Dine-in seating is limited. Takeout and curbside is available. Catering is available any day. The Happy Italian Pizzeria in Harahan, open 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Friday, Saturday, and Monday for lunch and dinner. Sundays, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. for lunch. Find us at HappyItalian.com for info and online orders, like us on Facebook, and love us on your taste buds. Tony Mandina's roots go back to Salaparuta, Sicily. His father left in 1924, but those connections are still powerful. The restaurant uses extra virgin olive oil and wines made at Villa Mandina in the ancestral home. Tony's restaurant started in 1982 with 14 tables and has grown to seat 180 with his daughters and granddaughter running it now. Now this West Bank favorite still serves their delicious Sicilian New Orleans menu in a place that feels like home and pick up some of their famous red gravies sold in groceries all over town. Tony Mandina's, 1915 Pratt Street, Gretna, 362-2010. I won't dance, don't ask me, I won't dance, don't ask me, I won't dance, madame, with you.
3: Yes indeed, Tom, today in 1977 the first Burning Man Festival was held in the Black Rock Desert north of Reno, Nevada. A tall effigy of a man, nobody in particular was built and burned. The event seems to be a spontaneous celebration of itself. <laughs> it is otherwise hard to explain. Uh, but they do have a Burning Man sushi roll. Was it named after the Burning Man festival? Do you think the Burning Man that you like I, um, when you go? Wish. Whenever you go to a sushi. House, you order the Burning Man. Do you think the Burning Man sushi roll is named after the Burning Man festival?
2: No, I never gave it any. Thought or do you
3: think before, it's but... the other way around? Do you think it could be the other way around?
2: Uh, it'll uh, it'll be on its own merits, as far as I know.
3: Well, anyway, in Japanese restaurants across the country, it is served. It's a spicy tuna inside with seared, peppered tuna, avocado, and salmon on the outside. It's one of the better big rolls that you like, your Burning Man roll. I think the last time we went to, where was that? Um, Megumi, you ordered something, but it wasn't a Burning Man, was it? Is that kind of an unusual sushi thing that you don't see everywhere?
2: Uh, It is. uh, It is widely served but it uh, tends to be sushi and wa- made in wa- maize that aren't unfamiliar, uh, and you never know what Sounds you're like it's
3: pretty get. expensive. It's it got is salmon fat. and tuna. That too. Sushi is incredibly expensive. It can be. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's, uh, I remember I had a boyfriend back in, it was a fiancé too, um, back in the early 80s, and I you know, in my sheltered existence, thinking that corned beef came in a can. I had never heard of sushi, but he was from L.A., and he was obsessed with sushi. And I remember that he used to spend a fortune on sushi. I think the prices have probably come down since it first appeared on the scene. Do you remember the first time you saw sushi?
2: Yeah, it was in the 20s, Uh <laughs> No, it was in uh, late 60s.
3: Oh. I don't think so, Tom. I th- I'm pretty sure. Because first of all, you weren't you weren't Let eating me... out in restaurants at Tom? that time. You weren't eating out in restaurants at that time. Easier. Does anybody remember their first sushi experience when you first heard about sushi locally? This doesn't count for you, Henry, because first of all, you're too young. And second, um It was in Los Angeles long before it ever came here. But I'm curious for people who are uh, local people who have lived here, you know, their whole lives, when you first heard of sushi and when you started eating it and where your first sushi experience was, because we have a lot of sushi here and a lot of people who love it. Um, It's not something I pay a whole lot of attention to, but I find that people who who like sushi, first of all, tend to be younger, uh, but are very passionate about it. And are you a sushi eater? I am, Penny? yes.
8: Oh, I, yeah. I love sushi, yeah.
3: absolutely. I can't—aside I, I, from our daughter, I, I don't know any millennial that doesn't eat sushi. <laughs> I, I can't think of a single one that I know. I mean, I don't hang around with a lot of them, but I, I can't think of a single one that— doesn't eat sushi, because they, you were sort of raised on that, you know, but for for me, I remember in the 80s thinking that that's a very exotic thing, um, eating raw fish. I, Do you I have a fish
10: that you still, like to eat raw?
3: Is there a fish that I like to eat raw? Well, more than others. I'm will,
10: a salmon person.
3: I know this will shock you, oh. Henry, but I've never eaten sushi.
10: Really? Oh, goodness. <laughs>
3: I, I make no bones about it. I'm I'm not I'm not a gourmet. I'm not an adventuresome eater.
10: Oh, you should even um, make you happy, you know.
3: I reserve the right to be a non adventuresome eater. I, I like food probably a lot too much, but um, but I tend to, to hang in the traditional world. And there are people out there and I'm not gonna say who they are, but you know who you are, who are are restaurant people who are People whose business it is to be in the food business, and they're not all that adventurous eaters either. So there are a few of us out there. We keep we keep uh, to ourselves, though. I mean, not me. I'm you know I'm just telling. I'm not a gourmet, and that's sort of that's sort of been my persona since before I ever got on the air. When Tom used to talk about his wife uh, not being a gourmet, that was sort of well known before I ever got in front of the microphone uh, on the food show. Tom, the old kitchen sage says what? The old citrus sage. The old kitchen sage says don't eat, ever throw away overripe bananas. You want me to read it? Or? No. no. Okay. They're too good for banana bread or banana pudding. If you don't have time to make those right now, puree the bananas in a food processor with a little lemon juice. Put it in a food storage bag. Squeeze it and freeze it. Yes, I could see that. Um, Tom, do you like banana pudding? Does anyone... I, I think... Now, see, I... Okay, so I was saying I'm not a gourmet, but I'm also not a, um, a processed food person. So banana oh. pudding... When I, when I used to joke about the topics that we would throw out on the food show, and I would call it the banana pudding vanilla wafer dish of the day because if you could imagine a buffet or if this had banana pudding and vanilla wafers in a dish, it wouldn't be a buffet, it would be a buffet. So if you could imagine a buffet with a dish of banana pudding and vanilla wafers, I submit that for the most part if dishes are left on a buffet Cable, it would be something like banana pudding, the jello version, and vanilla wafers, which I saw a lot of growing up, but you don't see much anymore. Thank heaven you don't see that much anymore. Yeah. Do you eat banana pudding, Tom? No. Okay. <laughs> Do you think you would eat banana pudding if. Uh-huh. Do you think you would eat banana pudding if it was made in a restaurant? I'm sure. I, I don't think anyone would make banana pudding. No, in a restaurant. I'm sure,
2: I would do that, but uh, it's not something I seek for particularly. It's not one of my. Well, you
3: don't you don't see it because it's it's not very good. But um, no one's making that. I wonder if, make you it could, if you could. I wonder from. if you could make it from scratch. I've never seen a banana pudding made from anything other than like a Jell-O container.
2: Hmm. I think you could get somebody to do it.
3: I, I'm sure you, I'm sure you could. I'm sure yeah. you could. Has anybody ever made banana pudding from scratch? I'm gonna to have to look up. Well, I would look up uh, if I could get the internet. But I would look up and see if there are banana pudding recipes made from scratch, like a Food Network one. I'm sure Ina garden does not have a banana pudding recipe. Although I am gonna look. I'm curious. All right, five five six nine six nine six is the number. We'll take a break and we'll be right back.
1: Tony Mandina's roots go back to Salaparuta, Sicily. His father left in 1924, but those connections are still powerful. The restaurant uses extra virgin olive oil and wines made at Villa Mandina in the ancestral home. Tony's restaurant started in 1982 with 14 tables and has grown to seat 180 with his daughters and granddaughter running it now. Now, this West Bank favorite still serves their delicious Sicilian New Orleans menu in a place that feels like home, and pick up some of their famous red gravies sold in groceries all over town. Tony Mandina's, 1915 Pratt Street, Gretna, 362-2010. Parish Coffee is a small batch, handcrafted blend of carefully selected Central and South American beans, skillfully roasted to produce a coffee that is aromatic when you open the bag, robust when it's brewed, and very smooth and mellow when you drink it. This is a coffee that will take you through the day, a gourmet roast without the gourmet price. Pick up a bag where you shop or go to parishcoffee.com and see the full line. Parish Coffee. Hashtag wake up to Parish. Mimi's is the best restaurant that has ever been in St. Bernard Parish. A magic combination of terrific owner, hospitality, and talented chef combined with a charming atmosphere to offer you a great dining experience. Don't miss oysters here. They have two or three different kinds. All wonderful. A terrific burger if you must. Great steaks too. Thursday is steak night. Mimi's 712 Judge Perez in Chalmette. 6444992 Mimi's Bar and Grill dot com. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings, and lots of things are never what they seem. Ah, so true. I think this show is sort of the poster for
3: that. Let's go to George. George,
9: hey, how you doing, Tom and Marianne? Is
3: this is this Copeland's George?
9: Yes. How y'all doing?
3: Hey. You know what? I want you before you hang up and go away. I want you to go off the air and give Henry your email address because I want to send you something, because you are a most interesting caller and have been since you called the very first time, and I have stuff to give away and I want to give I want to give you something. Okay.
9: Okay. And, I appreciate that. Thank you.
3: Yeah. I don't. I don't know if Y'all I have very, any more.
9: Yeah. Very have, interesting. Yourself. You, oh, <laughs>
3: uh, thank you. That's, um, that's, that's needed today as we sit here on the phone with the phone between us trying to do this. Go ahead. So what did but you I call about I was calling
9: today? about the plantain.
3: Oh yeah. Okay.
9: Okay. So, um, they do have the green one. Those are considered to be unripe and you could do different things with those. You know, you could do like chips, like I was talking about doing chips. Or tostones. You ever heard of tostones?
3: I have heard of tortones, but I don't know what it
9: is. So what it is is you get the green plantains. You cut them about like in cubes. And this is like two to three inches. You okay. deep fry them. Once they are once they're done, you get them out of the deep fryer. And then you go ahead and slam them. And they turn flat like a pancake. And that's how you huh. eat them. Huh. Okay, now and, do you eat a uh, lot of
3: these? Do you eat a lot of plantains?
9: Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 originally from Honduras, so yes, I do eat plantains, and I actually get them from Ideal, already uh-huh, cooked.
3: Yeah, yeah. Because
9: mm-hmm. you know, you're, yeah, you're Spanish but, people, plantains from Spanish people and Caribbean people, it's like a piece of bread. You know, that's the way we consider plantains. like a little piece of bread to me. So
3: when you peel them, you they look like a banana, I think, right? And then they you do. peel them like a banana. Do they peel like a banana?
2: That's not really no, because what they you
9: know, pop What up you the normally shop. do is you go ahead it and get had it had a
2: knife, to and then
9: you cut it. <clears throat> what you were saying, with the the
3: He was just he was saying the the way you do it. So you go ahead and, and finish what you were saying.
9: Yeah, you get a knife and then you cut it. From end to end, one, one, you know, just down the middle, from end to end. And then once you go ahead, it, it's like you're doing like a little small cut. You're only cutting the out outside layer, the skin. And then you mm-hmm. get your, your thumb with both of your hands, and then you peel it off. That's how you take the skin off.
3: And and the, meat, the meat on the inside hard. on Keep a, in a rock... Raw...
9: Uh-huh. Go ahead. It's the raw is very plantain very hard to come off the, so you can't you can't kill it like a banana it's just it's like it, it kind of sticks to the plantain it's it's a little harder you know to kill. it's not that uh-huh. easy.
3: okay so when the meat comes out of a plantain and it's raw is it the same soft texture like a, a fresh banana that's ripe but not under it, or overripe, just perfectly ripe it's it's soft but firm. Is the plantain, yeah,
9: it, 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 it's the same it, way? It's, a, it's different because it's very hard. It's hard. It's okay. a little kind okay. of, you know, in a way the texture is kind of gummy-like, but it, it's uh-huh. hard. Okay. Now, if you what? get the, the ones that when they turn yellow, when they turn white, right, now those are a little softer, but they're not as soft as the bananas.
3: Well, you know, it makes sense because how in the world, like, I couldn't imagine slicing a banana and put it in a deep fryer and have it come out like a chip. I mean, a plantain exactly. chip is a hard chip. So I can't imagine that uh, in its natural right. um, raw state it would be soft, you know.
9: You know Marianne and uh, uh, Mr. Tom, I would, I would kind of look at plantains almost like a potato. It's It's hard. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's pretty hard now when they get ripe and they turn yellow those are a little bit softer and those when you cook those they are sweet you will get some sweetness it's just naturally sweet it will be sweet and normally those right there they do fry them but they normally bake them. uh-huh
3: and do they, and they have are they used like a like a baked potato or something
9: no, nah, it 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 goes back to like a little bread, you know, like like the uh, the green okay. uh, plantain. When you slice okay. them on a forty five degree angle and about maybe about two three inches long, what they do is, you know, if you eat them beans and you got a little piece of meat. You go ahead and grab uh-huh. it with your fingers, the but you know the, the 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 slice of plantain, and then you get your little meat, you get your little beans, and then you scoop it up to your mouth. And that's the way they kind of use the plantain. Like okay, a, it's, it's like a bread. See, you
3: see why I want I want to give George something. Every time he calls, he says something really, really interesting that that I didn't know before. Oh, I like
9: another thing, too, Mariette. The the, the right plantains. If you go ahead and um, you you bake them whole. It, it takes about fifteen to twenty minutes,
3: uh-huh. and then
9: uh, when you get them out. You can go ahead and kind of, like, put, like, a little cut in the middle, and then you could stuff it, you know, with, like, refried uh-huh. things and then some Parmesan cheese, or you can uh-huh. put something else in there. You know, you can stuff it if you want to get Okay, the so, George,
3: so, George, what's your favorite – describe your favorite Honduran meal. Um,
9: your mama's I would say. I would say – like a seafood soup. Oh, okay. You know, you have like fish in there. You make it out of coconut milk. You will have fish in there. Uh, you will have shrimp, crabs, Uh, you know, just seafood in it. I, I, I like the seafood soup. And okay. the second meal, if you want to know, is a Spanish breakfast. With, what you do is you get eggs, you get refried beans, uh you go ahead and get you some meat what they mostly do is get they get like fajita meat like beef okay. and right uh, get you some parmesan cheese get you some sour cream and then you either do tortillas or you go ahead and do the plantain and that breakfast there when you eat that breakfast you go you, you work all day long till, till it's time to eat dinner it would. it would keep you whole <laughs> and very inexpensive, except for the uh-huh.
3: meat,
9: depending on what kind of meat. That sounds like it. Want.
3: George, how long have Forty-three you been years. here?
9: Forty-three years.
3: Forty-three years.
9: Okay, and yeah, when, why been, did you? I've been in New for about about twenty-seven. I was raised here, but I stayed in Jersey for about two years, and then uh, I left two years before oh. Katrina hit. I went up to Augusta, Georgia, and I stayed up there for 13 years. And we came back four years ago this month. And uh, okay. I wanted to tell you, uh, I used to listen to your show, Way in Georgia.
4: Oh, Canada, wow.
9: And um, that used to keep me connected daily. Because I told my wife, she's from here, if she doesn't like your city life, I said, "Monica, <laughs> if we go stay in Georgia, I got to look to New Orleans at least twice a year. <laughs> with you, without
3: you, and uh, well, well,
9: not it's not that, that far. The you know? Thomas Morris show used to keep me connected. I'm like that guy, Alan in Seattle. Yeah, I right. just didn't call in, you know.
3: <laughs> well, George, I'm glad you finally started calling in because you uh, are right on par with Alan for saying something really interesting that we want to hear. So keep calling, and and can give I, me your can, email can address. I ask and I'm
9: call one question. Of course. Tom, do you remember this? This small restaurant used to be like it was like one block away. It was right next to they used to have a Seven Eleven by Ashner Hospital and Jefferson Highway. And uh, I remember that well, little Havana, little Havana, about like thirty years ago. Uh,
2: if you want to hear the rest it was of the story, but really quick, that's my where my mother and many many presidents have gone through there, including me.
3: Um, yeah, that right. Tom. Tom's mom used to work at Oxnard. So, all right, you're talking about the 7-Eleven by the the main campus on Jefferson?
9: Yeah, yeah. Jefferson and right, where? right next to 7-Eleven, right on the corner, you see, the name of the restaurant was Little Havana. It was a Cuban restaurant. I used oh, to work Blue there Havana. back in... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Little Havana, like back in 89. But, man, they had some real, real good Cuban food. I mean, their Cuban food was authentic that was the deal.
3: Little Havana Tom. Do you remember Little Havana?
9: On
2: Not
3: Jefferson really. on Jefferson it. Highway by Oxnard, Little Havana.
9: Okay. Yeah, my mother right worked. next to that telling
3: yeah. yeah, probably let's see, if you're talking you're talking about nineteen eighty nine, well that's only thirty two yeah. years ago. Wait, thirty one years ago. That's 31. So 31, um, Yeah. Yeah. So well Tom, you I'm surprised you don't remember that because you probably you probably no, not not Oxner, but but just going to a restaurant. You know, I mean, there's so many little restaurants like that. You know, yeah, you, have you have to work, you, have you have to sort of stumble
9: off. on yeah. them. You have to stumble on yeah, them, and I think like Tom. Yeah, Tom did go to. Yeah, a I office. apologize. I, I, it's kind of hard to hear y'all. It, it sounds like we're talking okay. like through a can. You know, uh, when know. when you computer came on, it was so nice and clear, and then the computer yeah. went out.
3: <laughs> well, you know, we started the show with it out So uh, we have to uh, I don't know what to, what to do about this I really don't Maybe we'll just have to start moving the show And doing it at another location I don't know do
9: you, Anyway do y'all like Cuban coffee? Thank you. Cuban coffee? Cuban coffee? Like Cuban coffee? Cuban coffee? That's pretty yes. uh, Where,
3: What kind of Cuban What is that? Uh, I don't drink coffee But Tom would probably like it Where do you get it? What's
9: uh, two roads. All right, uh, wait, two roads. Sure yeah, that rest, the Cuban restaurant, right there by, uh, by the Cleveland Shopping Mall. It is a cute
3: little restaurant. Do
9: you go there a lot? Yeah, I go every every couple of months. I was talking to him the first time I went there, like maybe four years, three four years ago, about two years ago, and he was telling me um that he was uh he used to run an ad with with uh, with, with Tom. You know, uh-huh. uh, they used to have a commercial, two rows, you know, mm-hmm. during the uh, Tom Mars show. But I remember that. coffee is, uh, from what I, my understanding, they only have like one cup one coffee. They, they give you these little bitty tiny little cups. They almost look like those cups that the little children play mm-hmm. with. But boy, does they have a kick. All you need is one little bitty tiny cup, like two ounces in that cup. Uh-huh. It's real nice <laughs> and strong, but, uh, that's some real good coffee.
3: We're going to have to try that the next time we go over there. I'm glad to hear that they're still around. I haven't been in that area for a while. Yeah, yeah. I just
9: just went there about a month ago, and I got me a Cuban sandwich, and I got me a steak sandwich. You know, um, the steak sandwich is, like, real, real popular. That's like almost saying shrimp is the Cuban sandwich, and then your oyster sandwich will be considered, you know, like a steak sandwich. But you need to try the steak sandwich. They're real, real good.
3: He's a very nice man. What's his name again?
9: i forgot his name no, no. i'm not
3: doing the yes the owner of churros the owner of churros okay george may i let you run thank you To so hang on and give henry your email because i want to send you something okay um okay
9: right, i so appreciate the, if, appreciate the show
3: okay take care george thank you appreciate your call he's always a fascinating caller i don't know if you remember him but i call him copeland george because when he called us it was back when we were on the other station and he had the most interesting, the most interesting insight into Copeland' back in the day when Al Sr. was around, and he was obviously, you know, working there and paying a lot of attention to the business. And it was really a fascinating call, and I've always been thrilled whenever I hear that he's on the phone, so. I'm glad that he. I'm glad that he called today. It was perfect timing, even though we, you know, had to talk like this. So I hope that when we put it up on the podcast, uh, it doesn't sound quite so much like um, a tin can, which it, it probably does. But anyway, oh uh, gosh, I just don't know what to say about the internet situation, and um, and I we are working on it. Is is it? But I just got a text from. Uh, my son who is our tech wizard about a particular thing that we need to get now and try that end. But ultimately I think um, I think we might be able to resolve it this weekend by getting someone I know to come and do what he does sort of works magic and I don't understand what he does because it's a technical thing, but he seems to do it very well, so I'm going to get him over here this weekend. Anyway, this is the moment I say to you that if you have missed any of the show, please go to nomenu.com. That's N-O-M-E-N-U dot com, where we have our podcasts. I'm a little behind on the podcast. I'm planning to finish that this week. I mean, like tonight, probably. Uh, So they'll be up. If you uh, like the show and appreciate the fact that you don't have to listen to any bad news, that you can just, you know, listen to silly food talk. Please tell your friends because they might like to do the same thing. They might like a little escape for two hours every day. Uh, So please tell them nomenu.com. That is also where you sign up for our newsletter, which is twice a week. We have our uh, Instagram. We would love for you to follow us on Instagram at the New Orleans menu. Um, I have my own podcast, Emmy the Story Lady, that's the M-M-I-E, it is classic children's tales, how your kids are coloring, you know, or playing a game or something, it's kind of like old radio, and those things are as prevalent today as they were back in the 17th and 18th century. Tim McNally is coming up next, and I'm sure that will be a more technically uh, approachable show than this one was today with a Dine Wine and Spirits Show. And that's it for us. We will be back tomorrow. It is 4 o'clock. You're listening to
7: WGSO. Good night. This is Jeff Cruer. Join me at 7 a.m. till 11 for Ringside Politics with a Punch right here on WGSO, 990 a.m. New Orleans, Louisiana. Laura. The president will also be speaking tonight at the Republican National Convention. Republican Senator from South Carolina Tim Scott tells CBS News what he'd like to hear from the president.
0: Well, I hope he starts
7: with Kenosha and the hurricane.